Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Tuesday morning, and it certainly is for all Alabama fans. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's home quote explorer, changing the way you buy home insurance. Now you can go online, get a custom quote, and save both time and money. Learn more at Progressive.com. Here's the stat I mentioned if you were with us just a few moments ago, and I'm sitting here with a couple of guys that spent a few years in college. We're going to get to a Super Bowl champion and a national champion and A.J. Hawk here in just one minute for the Ohio State side of things. Fellas, I want you to just step back, and everybody listening, step back and think about this for one second to accentuate the greatness of Saban unlike anything else. Jay, how many years did you play at Duke? Three. Three. And, of course, you were a national champion. Key, how many years you play at SC? Essentially, how many years did you play before you went to the NFL? Two. Two. Here we go. You ready for this? Every single player. Nick Saban has been Alabama's coach for 14 years. Every single player that has spent three years in the program, if you are a three-year Alabama player under Nick Saban, you have a title ring. Jeez. Think about Let me say that again. If you spend three years, any three years, playing for Nick Saban at Alabama, you were a three-year guy, every single one of those guys has a national championship ring. Let that marinate for a second. Jay, I mean, you played exactly three years, and you're a national champion. But imagine just doing that over and over and over and over again. I just, I'm letting that sink in because over the span of anybody's career, that is so hard to do. It's so hard to do. And the fact is, I mean, they've had these two undefeated teams he's had. I mean, Derek Henry and company was on one. And, and now this team, obviously, you know, last night, it's just to sustain that type of level of success. You know, it's one of these things that we hate to see dynasties because we love to break them down. But just understanding, like my record in college over three years was not, I was 95 and 13. Wow. I lost 13 games in my three-year stint. Yeah, too many. Yeah, I, I, and there were a couple games that we lost that we should have won, Key. And I remember the games I lost. Here's what my college experience is. I walk away from college not thinking about being a national champion, champion even though I do. I think it's more so about my freshman year, we lost to Florida that lost in a national championship game to Michigan State. My junior year, we lost to Indiana that lost in a national championship game to Maryland, a team we beat twice that year. That's how I remember Miles Kyle's career. That's how Coach K has ingrained himself into my mind about, and I, don't get me wrong, I'm really happy we won a chip, Zubin, but it's more about the opportunities that you missed because you, were, you felt like you were better, that you didn't, that's the, that's the mentality. Jay, that's the mindset. Jay, Key. you should have played better, man. I know I should have played better. That's the problem. <laughs> 95 and 13 and asking You should have did more. more, Jay. But, but, but Zubin, that's the mindset that a lot of these guys have, right? You, you're talking more so about the ones you miss more so than the ones you won. Indeed. That's why you guys have that. The standard and the level of excellence is incredible. Hard for us to fathom. This is not hard for many to fathom. It's been a very trying, tumultuous year for Ohio State. We aren't going to play. The conference is laying back. Now we are playing. We're playing six games. People are doubting us. Do we deserve to be in there? We defeat Clemson. We're not getting respect by Clemson's coach. We could possibly be 60 minutes away from winning a championship after our league said we may not play. All of it took a toll on Ryan Day and his 85. We need a break. We need to get away. Kids or uh, the guys on this team need to see their families. We all just need a break. And, you know, we've already started to put together the, uh, the schedule for the spring. 
uh, but but we all need to get away for a while. This has been a long, long road. Guys miss their families, and uh, and they deserve time to be with them. And so we'll unwind for a little while, have an opportunity to reflect on what the season's been, and then get back into it. But, I mean, you can't just go back to work here. There needs some time to rest and reflect. Unless you're Nick Saban, then you go right back to work. Let's bring in A.J. Hawk, the two-time national well, he's a national champion. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's a podcast host. He's literally done everything. He was a two-time All-American for the Buckeyes. We're going to get into your Packers here in just a little bit. Big spot on Divisional Weekend. But let's start with your Buckeyes. Um, what was the difference last night? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess they played Alabama. And Alabama's <laughs> offense seems to be pretty unstoppable. But they're, uh, what, the the least amount of points they've scored this year was, what, 31 in the semifinal to Notre Dame. I mean, their offense, Alabama's, hasn't really been stopped this year. Now, their defense has given up some points, but, yeah, you just you got to find a way to, to keep uh, keep pace with Alabama's offense. And Ohio State was, was unable to do that last night. AJ, how impressed have you been with Ryan Day, given the fact that the pandemic, just everything he had to go to, stop and start in the Big Ten Conference, and then find himself playing against Alabama in a national championship game. I've been very impressed with Ryan Day ever since he took over for Urban. I knew when he was named, uh, well, when he was the interim coach for Urban for those what, three games in training camp uh, a couple years back, I didn't know much about Ryan Day. And I was lucky enough to get to speak with him early on uh, when, he, when he got the job, and I was just really impressed with how, how confident he was in his message, and like he knew, like, hey, I'm not Urban Meyer. Urban's a legend. I learned a lot from him, but I have to run this thing my way, and seems to have a great culture, and, and especially through this year, yeah, I, listening to that clip of him speaking after the game, yeah, they seem pretty exhausted, pretty worn out, but hey, that's usually the case. If you win those games, you win these big national championship games, you kind of have that adrenaline that runs on for months, and if you lose, it's like it all comes to a crashing halt in, in one one quick moment, and it's, it's almost like you don't know what hits you. What, what will it take for the Buckeyes to get over the hump after two straight appearances in the college football playoffs? Yeah, I don't know. That's a great question. I, I well, Let's see what happens in the quarterback position. Obviously, Justin Fields, I think, exceeded a lot of the expectations that were placed on him when he transferred to Ohio State from Georgia. Uh, obviously, he's going to be a, a very high draft pick coming out. I don't, whenever he makes that official, whatever's going on, who knows? You can say it's not official, and oh, he might come back. But come on now, like who's gonna who's gonna turn down being a top five pick? I don't know if that's gonna happen. Um, but I think uh, I think just gotta find a way, especially to play more consistent on defense. I think there's definitely times their defense stood up when they needed them and they played well and kind of picked up for the offense was wasn't doing well, but. I just think consistently putting four quarters together, kind of getting your matchups where you want them. Last night you saw some different times where Sarkeesian, the offensive coordinator for Alabama, really got the matchups that he wanted. I mean, that's all you want to do, go win your one-on-one matchups. And Sarkeesian did a good job of doing that. And Alabama has more than enough players, I think, to try to exploit those matchups. AJ, put your OSU player cap back on. How much do you hate questions like that, right? Like, hey, after you know two college football playoff um, you know attendances, you know, what does it take to get over the hump? It always makes it feel like, you know, what Ryan, I, I know that's the bar to win a national championship, but it always makes it feel like, you know, if you don't do that, you haven't done enough for Ohio State football. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of how it works. And, and, and I think you guys get it. Like, you want to play for a team, whether it's NFL, NBA, college, wherever you are, you want to play for a team that has those expectations. Like, hey, we don't lose games. Like, there's, 
I, believe me, I live in Columbus. I know when Ohio State loses a football game, like it's a, it's people are in mourning. Like they do not expect to ever lose. And Alabama is the same way. And there's schools around the country like that. So you want to play and you want to coach at places where they have those expectations because you have all this success to look back on. But man, it is tough. Like I know Urban when he was doing his like one of his final press conferences when he was saying like, "Hey, Ryan Day is going to be the next coach." I remember him saying like so vividly. He said, "It's so fragile. Like everything is so fragile. Like the ball bounces this way, or, or we don't get a call here, or we don't get a call there. Like it changes the trajectory of a lot of people's lives and players and national championships and recruiting. Like, man, there's a lot of pressure on these coaches, and, and so, it's, uh, it's tough to handle. But hey, that's what you want, though." So understanding that fragility, right? How special is it to watch what Nick Saban has been able to accomplish? I mean, seven national championships. Like, what stands out to you? Uh, the consistency, and that's like that's the boring thing to talk about. And when everyone anyone tries to say like, "Oh, what makes some people great?" and you always turn back like, "Hey, they're all they're consistent in their approach and how they how they go about things in their day, and they're always evolving." And I give Nick Saban a lot of credit for how he's kind of morphed and evolved his team and his offense through the years because he could easily sit there and be like, no, I'm Nick Saban. This is what we do. This is Alabama. This is the only thing we're doing. And he's like, no, I got to look around the uh, college football and see what we need to do to be successful, the type of players I need to recruit, the type of offense I need to run. And I think he'll morph and change by the guys he has on his roster. And the, the, consistent, the consistent elite success is what, blows me away. Like, everyone knows it's so difficult. You look at the Patriots and the 20-year run with Tom Brady and Belichick. Like, just that consistency year after year because it's that much – it's so difficult to do to come back and continue to do that. And Nick Saban, man, he, he obviously is up there with the greatest coaches of all time. And I don't know how you can really compare anyone in, in the college game to Nick Saban with all the success he has had. A.J. Hawk, former Packer, Ohio State Buckeye, Super Bowl champion, national champion. Man, you got a nice resume joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. A.J., let's move to the pro game. The Green Bay Packers, your former team, take on the Los Angeles Rams and Aaron Donald. What can they do to – if it, let's assume Aaron Donald's playing. I haven't heard he's not. I know he's injured. He has a little rib contusion going on. What can they do to block Aaron Donald and kind of – negate him from harassing Aaron Rodgers? Uh, well, I try to put, what, two, three guys on him at least every single play, and that's the thing with Aaron Donald. <laughs> that guy is so explosive. He moves. Like, you shouldn't be able to move the way he does with how big he is, and he just does it every single rep, and he's splitting double teams. and Like, there's never an easy, like, play where any offensive lineman can take, take any time off or, or take a breath because – Aaron Donald is always there lurking. So we'll see what that injury does, if he's going to – how close to 100% he can be. But, I mean, I think the Packers need to come out and try to try to find a way, if they can establish a run early and try to get on the board early and get out to an early lead and make uh, make the Rams play catch up because we don't know what their offense situation is going to be like. You don't really – have we got any word on what, who the quarterback's going to be or how, how healthy Carson Wentz is with his thumb? Like, there's just – there seems to be a lot up in the air with the Rams' offense. So their defense is playing great. So it's just let's find a way for Green Bay to get out there and, and get on the board early. That's a great point because you're right. The Packers are ready to go, but are they ready for Wolford? Are they ready for Goff? And who in the world would be ready for Aaron Donald, injured ribs or not? As Key said, the resume is too lengthy <laughs> to recite. There's too many good things, but we should mention you're now moving on like the fellas in your post-athletic life with a very successful podcast. Great to catch up with you this morning. Thank you for joining us. 
All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. All right, AJ. Great to have him here. Just a reminder, tuning into Mike Greenberg's show this morning, Greeny, that immediately follows our show, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on many of these ESPN radio stations. Greeny will take your calls on if Nick Saban is the GOAT. Keyshawn from Brooklyn Heights is calling in and saying, yes, hanging up. There's no need to have the conversation and recap the national championship with the best analyst. Keyshawn will take his answer off the air, by the way. From Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, right into Greeny, weekday mornings on ESPN Radio. On the way, I know, I know, fatigue. Everyone's tired of Alabama, but there is a compelling argument. Their dominance is very good, not bad. For the sport, Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin will explain next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. It's just simple. You got the greatest guy ever to coach college football. Seven national championships. That's more than any coach that has ever done it. I'm just happy that we won tonight. I don't think anybody really compares to Coach Bryant. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. No doubt about it, Chris Fowler. No doubt about it. Alabama is the last team standing. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear hotline. We just talked to the Ohio State legend, A.J. Hawk. We'll talk to another Ohio State legend, Eddie George, the Heisman Trophy winner, coming up in just over an hour, 8.30 a.m. Eastern. Fellas, I say this. Key, you ready? Second time I've said it this morning. Sports Center guy, cliche. Tongue planted firmly (laughs) in cheek. You ready? Another. It's the F word we're allowed to say on the radio. Not that one. Fatigue. Alabama fatigue. Remember, in the seven-year history of the college football playoff, Alabama has missed it one time. In the seven-year history of the college football playoff, Clemson has missed it one time. Oklahoma, been there multiple times. Ohio State, been there multiple times. Key, LSU and Jay did everything that they could possibly do. They caught Alabama, knocked them off in T-Town, 
won the national championship, had Joe Burrow. They did everything they could possibly do, every piece of sweat equity, to catch Alabama, and it lasted one year. That's how strong Alabama is. Even when your best competitor finally runs you down, they realize they're renting, and Alabama is buying. But Jay... I think you are buying that this domination, that even though everybody goes back to that F-word fatigue, you're buying that this Alabama D-word dynasty and dominance is good, not bad for college football. Yeah, it it, it makes you want to tune in to see if a team actually has a chance to dethrone them. I mean, every single year we're talking about Alabama football being at the top of the top and for People who are in sports, it's like, well, I have fatigue. I'm so tired of Alabama. But you're paying attention to Alabama. You're hearing people talk about Alabama. You're paying attention to games to see whether, is Jared Judy the real deal? Is Najee Harris the real deal? Is Devontae Smith, is that going to translate? All these different storylines get you to buy into how special of a team this uh, Alabama team has. And I will give Nick Saban so much credit. You know, same way I talk about Coach K. Your ability to be malleable over the course of your dynasty is everything. You have to be able to change with the times. Long gone are the days of Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, ground and pounded. Now you're seeing more RPO principles. You're seeing more air rate principles. And and I go back to the 2018 National Championship game when they were down double digits to Georgia. When they inserted Tua, ever since they kind of played with this spread offense, you know, they still can insert Najee Harris and company but since then, they've had a top two offense. They've had a top two offense in college football. Like, and I think it's that reason, Zubin, that we, we watch this team and you love to hate them because you want to see them dethroned. Did some people get tired of seeing LeBron James and the Golden State Warriors in the World Championship game? Sure. But you knew it. You knew what was coming. And you still wanted to watch because you wanted to see LeBron dethrone Golden State. So for the same reason you hate it, you love to hate it because you want to see it go down. That's why you pay attention to it. There's, there's no fatigue for me. It's simple. Recruit better, find better players, and coach better. With and you'll kids. be in the mix. Do what Alabama does. Alabama finds the right players. They develop them. They turn them off to pros. So the next group of guys that they're recruiting, it's easy for them to recruit. USC did it for many years under Pete Carroll. It, it, you pick up the phone. You go to the high school, they see the logo, it's easy. They're looking to come and go to Alabama. They're looking to go to Clemson. You know, when you're winning, that's what it is. And when you're producing players at the next level, because let's not fool each other, Zubin, here. Mm -hmm. Guys play football to go make money. (laughs) They ain't playing football because they want to go to Clemson and go to school. That was a lifelong dream. I mean, it was a lifelong dream to play football there. But do you really think it was a lifelong dream for them to go there and get an education? They're going to get the education when they're there, but they want to make money. They're putting their bodies in harm's way to make money. And when you're producing pros consistently, whether it's Mark Ingram, Amari Cooper, or 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 uh, um, uh, Jalen uh, uh, or Harris or Judy or any of the guys that have come through Alabama to go on and have success. Landon Collins, I mean, it's a, a number of guys because Alabama is rich in talent. They go to, out across the country to landscape. They go as far up as Seattle to recruit and all the way back to the East Coast in the Jersey area to recruit and all in between. And when they walk in with that logo, it's easy for them. They're going to win. They're going to produce. And if 
teams like Texas that Sark is going to can do some of those same things, we'll be, bought, we'll be talking about Texas in the next year or two. Oklahoma, if they start to get the talent that can compete against the Alabamas, we'll be talking about Oklahoma. If USC start to get the talent like they had in the past that could compete against Alabama and Ohio State, we'll be talking about them. But until then, it's going to be about Alabama. And, Phyllis, think about this. Without knowing a thing, right, next year, uh, Bryce Young, who's likely going to be Alabama's starting quarterback next year. And, by the way, just when you think you know something, this hotshot kid, Bryce Young, came in. He took the final few snaps of the game yesterday. Key, you remember back? There were people that thought Bryce Young was going to unseat Mac Jones and be a true freshman starter. That's what many people thought in the offseason. You just have to let the regular season play out. But think about this. Next year, Ohio State's going to have a new quarterback. Clemson, for the most part, is going to have a new quarterback in Uyangalele. Alabama's going to have a new quarterback probably in Bryce Young. We'll see how it goes with LSU. They were injury ravaged at the position. They may have a new quarterback. Sight unseen key, I don't care what this guy Bryce Young is capable of doing. Alabama is just going to keep on rolling, whether it's Sark or not. For the last four years, think about this, Key. For the last four years, they played in the playoff or made it close to the playoff. And every single one of those years, they lost a coordinator, right? That's a big thing for a lot of teams, to lose an offensive or defensive coordinator. But these guys just keep on moving, no matter who's coming in, who's coming out, no matter who's playing quarterback, how much experience they have, how little experience they have. And think about it. Second and 26, Jay referenced it, the championship game against Georgia. Second and 26, Tua hits Devontae Smith to win the championship. Key, at that moment, people know who Tua was because people are hearing about Tua, replacing Jalen Hurts. Smith catches that ball, a virtual unknown at the time. He leaves with the Heisman and a couple of national championships, and he literally hauled them both in. Well, he's the, the most decorated wide receiver in all of college football history. I don't know another one. I mean, all the awards, the, the hardware that you can get at that position, he's collected. There is no, this guy won the Belitnikov, this guy won the Heisman. No, he got them all. He got them all, the championship MVP, he got them all. So, look, he, he's a, a, a talent that I can't wait to see get to the next level to see exactly what he's going to be, what coaches think of him. I know he's going to run an amazing 40 when that time comes, so that won't be a problem. The only thing is what, what do coaches visualize him as at the next level? When he get on the scale, what's his height, weight, size going to be? We already know what his speed is going to be because there's certain coaches in the National Football League, they like certain type of players. Uh, he is dynamic. He's a lot like as far as the pro comps go. Marvin Harrison, Antonio Brown, a lot of Hollywood Brown in him. You get an offensive coordinator that understands that his speed and his quickness will allow him to do some things. He could turn some stuff out and be that guy. He doesn't have to be a he doesn't have to be 6'4, 220. As long as he has an offensive coordinator and a receiver coach that understands that he's dynamic and he's a playmaker and not turn him into a punt returner, because a lot of times what guys will do is the only things that they'll do with him is they'll run him on fly sweeps, reverses, screens. They'll start to play with his ability. A great thing about Sarkeesian and what he's done with him at Alabama is he's got enough film to show that he can run all the routes. 
He could take the punishment. So going into the next level, that offensive coordinator will have an understanding exactly of who he is and what he's all about. Because they typecast on the next level. They automatically assume, oh, he's a bomb guy. Oh, he's a move-the-stick guy. Only thing he can do is go across the middle. Only thing he can do is run shallow crosses and reverses. He has enough film for a smart offensive coordinator to understand that he can do multiple things, and for him to be successful, he's got to find the right system and the right guy to do that with. Zubin, I just wanted to provide context on one thing as it relates to, to Nick Saban recruiting, and Key alluded to it. Mm-hmm. Look, when I was going to Duke, I wanted to get to the league. What's the fastest way for me to get to the NBA? One of the things that I thought was incredible watching how Coach K kind of built this narrative is a lot of players want to go and be the guy right away, right? He got me to believe in competing with other guys who wanted to be the guys because if we were all the guys, then we were going to have ultimate success, right? So for Devontae Smith playing with the Jared Judy, playing with other guys back in the day, like he wasn't the guy. Like he had to go take it. There's something about that for Nick Saban getting people to understand, hey, Bryce, right now Mac Jones is the guy. You could be the guy. Go take it. Go grab it. And that, there's something to be said about when you finally do grab it, you're used to being in that position. Regardless of whether I have another All-American come right behind me, I'm used to competing at that level each and every day. There's something to be said about buying into that mentality. Well, that's when, when Pete Carroll and USC, when we were successful, when we had our run going there, we stacked guys up on top of each other. Exactly. You know, we we would have – think about it. Matt Castle played 12, 13 years in the league or something like that. Man, I don't even think he took a snap at USC because we had quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. We just stacked them up on top of each other, stacked them up on top of each other. The receiver position, we just stacked them up. Running back, stacked them up, stacked them up. Defensive back, stacked them up, stacked them up. And that's what Alabama does. And eventually, when your time comes, you'll be fresh and ready to go. Key, that's an excellent point because mark down the tape right now from where we are. It's 7.30 a.m. Eastern time on Tuesday, January 12th. Think about this just for one second, and we'll revisit it down the road, right? Jerry, Judy, and Ruggs go to the NFL. Boom, boom, first-round pick, no problem. They're going to be replaced by Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell. Boom, boom, they'll go to the NFL draft. All four of those guys are familiar names. Mark it down. We don't know who the next two are going to be after Ruggs and Judy and Smith and Waddle. But I guarantee you at this time next year, as unfamiliar as those two guys are, whatever their names are, they will be household names by this time next year. All Alabama does is completely reload the way Keys Trojans were doing in the mid-aughts. And as Jay said, quickest way to get to the league as Key said earlier, it's all about running an NFL program at the collegiate level. And if you want to have Key go into detail on that, download the first hour of the podcast. He made some great points about how Saban is running an NFL operation in a college town. On the way, in just a minute, from a parade down Broad Street to coaching Broadway Joe's old team? Now, I can't guarantee it, but we'll ask our Super Bowl champion about it right after Sports Center. In a season of chaos, the Crimson Tide are the constant excellence. Bama bludgeons the Buckeyes, and Saban steps past Paul Bryant with his seventh national championship. That's Chris Fowler last night on ESPN. Alabama all over Ohio State, 52-24. It's the Tide's 13th championship as 
Chris said it's Nick Saban's seventh, six with the Tide, one with LSU. Saban is 69 years old and is showing no signs of slowing down. The odds are out for next year's championship already. And guess who's the betting favorite? You don't need me to fill in the blank. The Eagles fill in the blank. We normally do that later in the week. Fill in the blank. Who will be the Eagles' next head coach? Doug Peterson is done. After five seasons, Eagles coming off a disastrous 4-11-1 campaign. One bad decision in the final game for Doug Peterson. The whole fiasco with Sudfeld and Hurts. Who's next? Why was the front office spared? What does it all mean for Carson Wentz? So many questions in Philadelphia. We'll talk about it with the Super Bowl champion here in one minute. And the Cowboys, they had Super Bowl aspirations before the season started. Dak went down. Their defense went down the drain. They fired Mike Nolan, and they have hired Dan Quinn to replace him to run the defense in Big D. If you remember, Quinn was the Falcons head coach, fired midway through the season. But he did take Atlanta to a Super Bowl appearance as the Cowboys continue to rebuild on both sides of the ball. And SportsCenter is brought to you by Goodyear. Whether you're on the field or on the edge of your seat, Goodyear wants you to embrace the unexpected. Every upset, touchdown, or fourth quarter comeback, and let it move you no matter what the season throws your way. Goodyear is here to help drive you forward. Goodyear, more driven. You know what's going to be fascinating is whoever gets that first interview with Doug Peterson. Maybe it'll be our Sal Palantonio because there are so many things we have to get his quote-unquote side of, including what happened in that fiasco on that Sunday night game that may have spelled part of his exit. Sal was with us this morning on the program and simply said, there are a lot of good job openings around the NFL right now. Uh, This Eagles job is not one of them. Why would you want this job? You have an expensive and aging roster, absent of really any game-changing talent with the possible exception of Miles Sanders. The two Jalens, Rieger and Hurts, totally unproven. Your offensive line is broken. You used a league-high 13 offensive line combinations. 13 offensive line combinations in 2020. You have a GM who made a $136 million mistake and kept his job. You're in salary cap hell. You're handing the new head coach a quarterback controversy. I don't know whether this is an attractive job. I realize it's one of 32, and someone wants it, and someone will take it, but it's really a tough job to take. Is that all? That's a lot of checklists. That's a lot of issues to think about for whoever wants this gig. ESPN NFL analyst Jeff Saturday joins us this morning on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Okay, Jeff, what's your opinion on... Doug Peterson walking the plank, and what do they do next? He, he brings it to you real, man. And, and, and the truth is, you know, Doug got the raw end of the deal here, right? I mean, they they decided to, uh, to you know, to, to tank the last game, to get position. He kind of he kind of did the, the, the uh, you know, the team's dirty work, took all the flack for it, and they get in behind, uh, behind closed doors after the meetings. And decide he's the one that they're gonna, you know, they're gonna they're gonna send packing. So when when you look at this, what what Sal's saying about the job, it is one of thirty two. But he's exactly right. Like it's gonna have to be one that that somebody really wants this job. They really like Wentz because I, I think that's gonna be the most difficult conversation to have. Is when you come into interview Zub, you're gonna say, hey, do you like Hurts or Wentz better, right? And, and for for all that, as well as Wentz played their Super Bowl year, Nick Foles' statue is still sitting outside the stadium. All of those things are issues to be discussed from players. I mean, from coaches to, hey, do you want to coach the player that I sent the other head coach packing for? So a lot of a lot of questions. 
His offensive line conversation is 100% true. Uh, again, it's one of 32. Somebody's going to take the gig, but it, it, I guarantee it's not going to be the first job on very many guys' list. Jeff, do you expect Doug Peterson to coach next year? And if so, where at? I do. You know, it's 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 interesting. I, I don't think he. I don't think he'll go to a head coaching gig. You know, I, I could I, I could see him going back potentially Chiefs, going back Colts. You know, he and Frank Reich and the relationship he has there. You and I both know, man. He has relationships all over the NFL, and to kind of get his batteries recharged, go back in there. Um, you know, have conversation with other coaches about what they're doing with their offense play, from a play calling perspective. You know, if, if I'm him. And, and the whole thing with the Eagles, I'm going to go find a gig where I feel like I can get better as a, as a coach. You know there's going to be another carousel next year with six or seven teams looking to replace head coaches. You are a Super Bowl winning coach, man, three years ago. So it, you know, to, to that point, can you get it done? Can you get a locker room to follow you? I think he's answered all those questions. Um, so I do think he'll work as a head coach. I, honestly, I don't. I don't know. That there's going to be a whole lot of people knocking on his door. I mean, most people have already moved along in their progression. I, I would hesitate though a bit because you remember the Josh McDaniels, Frank Reich thing that happened, you know, years ago in Indy when Josh McDaniels pulled out late and Frank stepped in, and he's been great for Indianapolis. So I don't think it has to be, you know, the first guy. But but maybe if it, your musical chairs don't line up perfectly for other people. But I do think he'll go back and coach. Let's talk about this weekend's games. You got the, the Ravens and the Bills, the Bucks and the Saints. Out of those games, what are you looking most forward to? Oh, man. Ravens, Bills, listen, to, you know, to the youngest quarterbacks in the game balling, right? MVP last year, but, you know, MVP candidate player for, from Josh Allen this year. Uh, how good is this going to be? And, and here's, the, here's the greatest part for me. We have them both playing – their best football and the football they should be, you know, playing key. Like you think Lamar, you know, he he beat the Titans with his legs, right? I mean, he threw some good balls, but you saw how lethal he is getting out of the pocket and making those plays happen with his legs. I love that. In my opinion, that is how the Ravens go on and win. For, for the Bills and Josh Allen, the exact same thing. Look, he was the leading rusher for his team and the leading passer. So both of these players are going to have to make plays for their team to win, and they're both playing as good a football as they have played in their career. I am fired up for it, man. It's going to be a ton of fun. And how defenses try to adapt to each guy, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the, the Ravens, you go, can they stop Josh Allen pulling the ball down and going to make his yards? Because he will. Can, can, you know, can the Bills' defense limit – Lamar Jackson and his productivity on the ground and forcing to beat you from the pocket. All of those things I think are fired up. Buck Saints for me is is the next best. And that is, do the Bucks stay true to who they are after this bye week, right? Like after their bye week a few weeks ago, they have protected Tom Brady, whether it's bringing extra offensive linemen in, whether it's grunt blocking and play actioning, all those things. He has been clean. You've seen their offensive numbers soar. Will they stick to that? Because listen, they're, they're going to have their work cut out for us against that Saints offense. I mean, that Saints defensive line. So, can they protect Brady? I can't wait to watch that one. Jeff, we've had a couple of people come on our show and say it's time to move on from Big Ben. Uh, I don't know about you, but you know, it, it's this was a crazy year. He did have them undefeated at one stint. Are you part of this camp that wants the Steelers to move on from Big Ben? 
Right, listen, I'm one of those guys who say you better get their offensive line right. I mean, you know Thank what I mean? You. Like, like we can put everything we want to on Big Ben, but the truth is their offensive line was poor all year. And I have all kinds of Steelers fans tweet me and send messages to me about, hey, they're the number one, uh, you know, pass-blocking team. They give it the fewest sacks. That's because the guy's throwing the ball in a second and a half, man. That, that doesn't give your receiver very long to run out and make a play, right? I mean, so – so from my perspective, it's you got to get back to Steeler football. Mike Tomlin, right, playing nasty in the trenches, moving the line of scrimmage back towards the defense, and then allowing Ben to be part of that offense. He should not be featured 60 times throwing the ball. And I know the 28 nothing it, it forced that. I'm not trying to say. But he threw, a, he threw 40 passes in a few games this year. Again, too much, right? Guys coming off of elbow surgery, he should not be the guy in your offense. It should be – play action, coming off of what he does well, he is still fully capable of making those throws. So as far as moving on, I want to know what you're going to do with the offensive line because I don't care what quarterback you put back there, it's going to be an issue with the way this offensive line played this year. From one quarterback scenario to another, what do you think? how do you think this Deshaun Watson scenario is going to end? Oh, man, this is ugly, right? I mean, this is ugly. And, and, the, and the problem for the Texans is – you know, 30 teams are not really 30, but 25 teams would all line up for Deshaun Watson. So, and his package, right? Like, like, you know, the, the, how much money he's going to make, you know, who he is off the field, you know, all the, like, this is a dude you want running your franchise. So, you know, it, it is a significant problem when he is, he is saying how much issue he has taken with what the team has done. He and the owner of McNair, like, like you got to get this fixed, right? He is your guy. And so, from my perspective, that the the frustration that he is showing and that he has put out, you know, for the media, listen, this guy is a he is a get for most teams in the NFL. And again, you can count on one hand the teams that don't need him because they have guys you would know by first name. But but other than that, man, listen, this this guy can light it up. And in a season where he had MVP ish numbers with a team that was they trade away his best receiver. He's absolutely outperformed anything that I could have imagined. This kid, I mean, he, he's, he is loaded to bear, and, and he, you know, he commands what this team should do, and he's going to have a huge voice in what they, their next step. You would think that would be the case, and you wouldn't think he would have to voice his displeasure about having a voice, but that's where we are right now with the organization. Jeff, really appreciate your perspective, and we're getting to get ready for Divisional Weekend, and we'll have you back here next week. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, fellas. Sorry. Great stuff. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. A reminder to tune into Mike Greenberg show, Greeny, which immediately follows ours here on ESPN Radio and many of these ESPN radio stations. Greeny, it's cold in New York, so he'll don the fur coat to talk to Alabama <laughs> legend Joe Namath. How about Namath not donning the fur coat? It's the other guy. Take your calls on Nick Saban's place among the all-time greatest coaches in sports. And for those of you not old enough to remember, before Joe Willie Namath made his legend in New York, of course, he was a legendary quarterback at, you guessed it, Alabama. From Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, right into Greeny, weekday mornings on ESPN Radio. On the way, one guy threw for 464 yards yesterday in the national championship. Another hauled in 215 yards receiving. But does that guarantee success at the next level? Keyshawn weighs in next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance, right here on ESPN Radio. It seems the bigger the stage, the better he plays. He has that alpha, that mamba mentality. And Deep down the middle. Open man is Devontae Smith. Touchdown. You don't know what to try to take away because he's so good at everything. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin.
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin, the podcast. Jesse and Joey, that would be Palmer and Galloway with my man Matt Barry last night on college football final as the college football season has finally come to an end with a rather predictable ending. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear hotline, if you are a little disappointed this morning as an Ohio State fan, if we can maybe give you a little bit of a pick-me-up that a Heisman Trophy winner for the Buckeyes, Eddie George, is going to join us in 40 minutes, and we'll ask him straight, what can the Buckeyes and, frankly, the rest of college football do to catch up to Alabama? It could be a trick question because there might not be an answer. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Key, okay, let's set this up. The big question was, before they got Joe Burrow, why can't LSU have a great quarterback? You can make that corollary to the NFL. Frankly, Alabama, for all of its greatness, has not produced a ton of great NFL quarterbacks. Obviously, Joe Namath is an exception. He'll be on with Greeny later today. Then you've got Richard Todd, not great. A.J. McCarron, Greg McElroy, Brody Croyle. Obviously, now you get to Tua, and maybe the tide starts to turn. But you're talking Namath in the 60s, Tua a year ago, and there's been a lot of empty space in between. We'll see how Tua does. Last night, Mac Jones threw for 464 yards. We'll see where that elevates his stock. And, of course, Jalen Hurts, who right now has got an incredible opportunity in front of him, all in different places. Of those three Alabama quarterbacks, two in the league, one about to be in the league, how do you think this would size up if I said pick one of these fellas at a place not known for producing QBs? Well, first of all, you mentioned a a long list of quarterbacks. Every last one of those quarterbacks got a check from the National Football League. Greg McElroy, A.J. McCarron, them dudes got checks. Now, whether or not they went on and had the same success that they had in college in the pros, that's different. Sometimes it's circumstances. It's, it's situations that you're in. It's the team. It's where they're drafting you at. All of those sort of things factor into what you're going to be in terms of at the next level. Um, when you look at what they have now in the quarterback in Mac Jones, as well as uh, the receiver in Devontae Smith or Najee Harris at the running back spot, it's all about where they're going to land. What, what is it that the coaching staff and the scouting department see them as? Exactly. Um, it, it's, 
it's just a, you know, Devontae Smith as a receiver, he could do it all. But so could a number of receivers in college football. There's guys that went in the second round, third round, fourth round, that went on to have Hall of Fame careers based on the situations that they were given and how they took advantage of them. Where this young man is as talented as he is, can wind up at a dog organization, and we might forget about him in four years because the coach can't figure out how to use him. And they don't know what to surround him with. You know, and, and so you it's gotta be it, it almost comes to being in the a lucky situation when you get to the pros. And then your talent takes over from there. If he lands at the Kansas City Chiefs, now we're talking about something different. If he lands at the New York Jets and all of a sudden the Jets pick the wrong coach and picked the wrong quarterback and got a bad running game and no offensive line, and he's averaging 30 catches a season, now what? Key, I'm so glad you answered the question that way, man. The, the stereotypical answer is just to, to name somebody, but it's not that way at all. It's situational, man. It's situational all the way around. I agree with you wholeheartedly, Key. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.